it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. Today's episode is episode 60, my top nine lessons from 2019. So I decided to do nine because we obviously have the nine in there from 2019. I thought 19 might be a little bit much for you, (laughs) but I chose these lessons deliberately because they were the things that were front and center on my mind when I was thinking about 2019. So my hope is that everything that I've experienced will really support you in either avoiding experiencing it, being better prepared, or moving through it more quickly. So that's my intention for you. I also encourage you to create your own list of lessons. I think it can really help us create gratitude for any of the challenges and struggles we may have had from this year and help us really learn from all of those experiences and take that learning into next year and beyond so we achieve even more success. So let's go ahead and dive in. This is episode 60. So the truth is, is I didn't put a ton of thought into these. And I don't mean that I didn't care about this episode. But what I mean is that I didn't want to overthink it. I wanted to share the things that were top of mind for me in support of you really understanding my lessons and getting some value and benefit from me already having gone through this. And one of the things that James and I talked a little bit about as I was prepping this episode and thinking about what my lessons actually were, is that I didn't really want these to come across as negative. But the reality is, is lessons come through challenge, at least most of the time. When those of us are who are driven are in happy experiences and positive experiences, yes, sometimes it feels like, oh, awesome, I've learned that this works. I have the lesson and the proof that I'm on the right path. But most of the time, those big aha moments, they happen through the challenges, through the struggles, through the things that we didn't necessarily expect or the things that brought us to our knees even. And that's definitely been the case for me this year. And so I don't want this list to come across as negative. Uh, Quite the opposite, actually. It was really interesting for me to reflect upon this list and recognize how grateful I am for the challenge. Because as James and I always say, you have to qualify for the next level. And it's these challenges that that really help us see what we're made of and support us in becoming the person who achieves that next level of success. For example, if someone is at the gym working out, just starting to lift weights. They're not the same person then as they are a few weeks later or a few months later when they've done more weightlifting. They're stronger. They're literally capable of picking up a heavier dumbbell or whatever it may be. And it's the same thing with your life and business. So the more you go through, the more strength you develop, the more you're qualified and capable to do more, to lift more, to be more, to achieve more. And that's what challenge does. Okay, let's go ahead and dive in here. So number one for me is hire. Now, these are all business lessons. So we're going to start at the top with hiring. Now, hiring is one of those big, big challenges that I've experienced feeling challenged over for many years. And I think for me, it's because I... I'm actually capable of doing a lot of things myself. I taught myself pretty much everything in the company. Although I've worked with coaches and been a part of programs, there's a lot of things and a lot of how to's that programs don't teach you. You just have to figure out as you go along. And so for me, I have learned how to do so much in my life and in the company that that means I don't hire quick enough. I spend too much time doing things that I shouldn't be doing. 
And so my encouragement to everyone listening is to make sure that you are aware of that list of things that you should not be doing and get those off your plate, especially if you are a visionary and you're the CEO of the company, you should be creating, you should be networking, you should be visioning for what's in store for the company. And everything else is probably under the category of someone else could be doing this. So my encouragement for you is take a lesson from what I've learned over the last year, actually the last five years really seems to be a lesson that comes up time and time again, and hire quicker. Now I'm to the point where I'm like, please just get this off my plate. I need more people on our team so that I'm not working as much. So we're able to grow. So we're able to serve me doing everything is not in service to the vision. And that's ultimately what you have to ask yourself is this role that you're playing in the company is this task that you're doing. Is that in service to the vision? Or is there someone else who could be doing this and probably doing it a lot better than you? All right. That's number one. Number two, ask for help. Now that might seem like the exact same thing as hiring, but that's not what I'm talking about here. When I say ask for help, I'm talking about reaching out to people who are either colleagues, friends, family, mentors, and asking for help. For example, one of the amazing mentors that I've had the pleasure of working with is David Nagel. And I was talking to one of his team members, his sales team member in particular, about working with him. And we've been talking about this for a while. It's always something that I said, okay, I'll do it next year. I'll do it in a few months, so on and so forth. And then finally, I said to her, you know what? Can you help me here? Can you help me understand how I can make this happen and really understand what could work for me to work with David literally right now today? Is there something we can co-create together that would be doable for me time-wise, doable for me investment-wise, and still feel really good to him? And so I was just really honest about wanting some help, seeing where my blind spots were, where I was standing in my own way. Getting that additional perspective from somebody else can be a game changer. The other place where we've asked for help is help with our live event. So this is something that we've never done before. I Heart My Life Live is going to be absolutely incredible. And it's a bigger event than anything we've ever put on in previously. And so we had to ask people what works for them. How are they doing things? How would they construct the event? How would they curate it? How many people would they would they fill in the room? Where would they have it? How much would they spend? All of those questions. What about lighting? What about slide presentations? All of these things that we had no idea about, we are now, and well, I'm not going to use the word expert because I wouldn't say I'm an expert yet, but we are now so well-versed in hosting events. And it's such an interesting process. There's so many components to it, components to it. There's so many facets. There's so many pieces. And this is the first of many events that we will host. So I'm so grateful for these lessons. Um, But getting perspectives, again, from people who have been there and done it and asking for their help, not only to help us plan, but to help us spread the word, that has been a game changer. People have stepped up to the plate. They have shared social media posts. They've been on our podcast. They've done Facebook lives with us. Um, And we asked certain people who we wanted to be speakers at the event without really knowing whether they were going to say yes. And we feel like we have this whole roster of speakers who we would never have expected to say yes. (laughs) Frankly, James and I always say that if we weren't hosting this event, we would be attending this event. The other place where I would say ask for help is just within your own friendship circle. If you are going through something that feels really challenging, I know for me, my tendency is to go and hide and not want to talk to anyone, but I highly recommend that you ask for help and just ask whether it's your spouse or a friend or a mastermind member, 
help you get out of any sort of negative headspace that you're in. James and I have a rule where we actually ask one another for support if we're experiencing something and don't know how to get out of it. So again, don't be afraid to ask for help. You are not meant to do this on your own. Number three, plan for more expenses. <laughs> so I say this uh, based on my own personal experience in life and in business, because there are always more expenses than you expect, especially when it comes to live events and moving to another country. So I'm not going to belabor this point, but what I recommend that you do here is that you think about the budget, but also add an additional amount of money to that budget so that you can plan for something extra to happen. Happen. And best case scenario is you have an extra pot of money, let's say 10, 15% available to you. Um, and worst case scenario, you have an extra pot of money that can go towards that those expes- expenses that you anticipated, but didn't necessarily originally budget for. So let me give you an example. One of the things that we ended up doing when we moved to LA is we moved into an apartment that was temporary and very quickly realized that it wasn't the right space for us. And so we had to get out of our contract early and ended up moving into a much better space. But that meant that there was a month where we were paying double rent. So again, extra expenses. Same with the live event. People have told us this time and time again, before we even decided to host this event, that events end up costing way more than you ever expect. And I think that's probably true of weddings as well. So I'm not too surprised, but you just want to plan for more. And I think that that's um, a really good mindset overall, because like I said, if you don't end up spending that money, then you have this extra amount of money that you can use to, hey, hire somebody or maybe spend more on Facebook ads or whatever it is that you want to do. All right. So plan for more expenses, especially if you're moving to another country or hosting a live event. Number four, wait to write a book. Okay. Now you probably are cleaning out your ears right now, wondering if you heard me correctly, because I don't normally say to wait for anything. I'm someone who takes charge, someone who moves forward the moment she has the instinct to do so. But what I've realized this year is just because I can move fast doesn't mean I always should. Okay. So let me explain this a little bit further. I, uh, about a few years ago, I was at an event for one of my friends, Mel Wells. She had a book launch party with Hay House, the publishing company, and it was in London. So James and I attended and it was a great event. I got to meet Mel and other amazing women and then people um, in the publishing space. And one of the women I met, her name was Amy, and she was an an agent, an editor for um, Hay House. And she was in charge of basically bringing in new talent. So I guess she wasn't really an editor. She was in charge of bringing in new talent. And so I connected with her and I told her that I wanted to write a book. I wanted to be a Hay House author and that I was going to do that with them. And I just straight up told her that and declared it out loud. And so she didn't, I mean, she didn't really say anything. She said, that's great. You know, what is it that you do? She asked a little bit more about the work, but that was it. Fast forward a year later, my other friend who is a Hay House author, Nick Pigeon, she suggested my name to Amy, that same woman from the party, when Amy asked her if she knew any any aspiring um, authors in the online space. And so Nick suggested me and Amy and I had a meeting and literally within 72 hours, I had a book contract. Now, writing the book for me, it was not difficult. Finding the time to write the book, that might have been a little bit more challenging, but the actual process of writing wasn't difficult. But the thing I underestimated was the amount of time I would need to market the book properly. 
And when you're running a company and you're also looking to be known as an author and spread your message through books and other other things that you create, you have a lot of things going on. It's not just like I, I'm an I'm solely an author and that's all I do and I have time to market this book. We had programs, we were moving, we were hiring, we were redoing our website, we were switching software, all these things happened at the same time. And that meant that I don't believe that my book actually got the spotlight that it really deserved. And I don't mean deserved in an entitled way. What I mean is that I wish I would have had more time carved out to launch the book because it truly is a launch, just like any other launch that you do, whether it's for a program or a course or a new product, it's the same thing, which I know it might sound like that's common sense. But like I said, when you have a lot of moving pieces, you already have a big editorial calendar, you have a launch schedule that involves many other things besides the book. It's interesting to try and carve out that time. And so I I can't say that I would have waited because that's not my personality type as we've already established, but I would have for sure made sure that the year that I wrote the book uh, was a bit more open where I could have had more time to delegate and, and contribute to, to the marketing of the book and to getting it out there in a bigger way. I could have had a whole team under me to be able to do the book launch properly. I love what Marie Forleo did this year. She did her proper book tour and I understand she's been in the industry for longer. This is her second book and all of that good stuff. But I just think that that would have been so amazing to be able to have the space and the capacity to really do just justice when it came to this book, because I am so proud of it. And I want it to get into the hands as, as of as many people as possible. And our schedule didn't really allow for the type of marketing strategy that I would have absolutely loved. So my lesson here and my advice for all of you listening is really think about the right time for you to write the book, not just writing the book, but also marketing it. So play the whole tape through getting those chapters down on paper getting the cover designed, all of that. It's all well and good, but do you have time to actually deliver this book out into the world in the way in which it deserves to be delivered? And that might just mean waiting a few months. It might mean waiting a year. I'm not saying wait decades to create this beautiful book that's in your heart, but just be really deliberate with the timing. All right. Number five is put yourself out there more. So I put myself out there every single day, but I did an even bigger thing back in, I believe it was February of 2019. And that was pitching myself for La La Land, Good Morning La La Land, which is an LA TV show. And for me, I remember thinking about the time that James and I were going to spend in LA and we were going to be looking for um, the pocket, the neighborhood that we wanted to move to. And I said to him, you know what? I'm going to get on TV. I'm going to do something. I'm going to pitch myself. And I did it. And I reached out to the producers and the hosts of Good Morning La La Land and just connected with them and told them that we would love to be on the show and do they have a space available? And that was that. They said yes. And I know that's the first of many things that are going to happen whether it's on TV or whatever it may be, um, more public opportunities, more publicity, more PR. And I'm so excited for that because I feel like I, I had this first experience under my belt and it was really nerve wracking. It wasn't an easy thing for me to do. When we got there, when we, when we were in the moment, it was great. But the lead up, <laughs> that was a bit nerve wracking. Um, but my point is to really think about how you can put yourself out there more. And even though something scares you, that doesn't mean that you need to run in the other direction. That doesn't mean that you should stop. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't send that email. Quite the opposite, actually. I do things, I do things that I'm scared of every single day. 
I move towards that fear and I've seen the results that come from moving towards that fear. Number six, raise your prices. So I'm saying this not necessarily even for myself, but for everyone listening. I have seen the power, and I'm going to say that again, I have seen the power in raising your prices. I've seen what happens firsthand when clients invest at the next level for themselves and their dreams. For example, James and I have an incredible one-on-one client Um, Trisha, and she shares this story publicly. And she shares how she was able to move through the fear of signing up for our one on one coaching program, everything that came up for her asking herself, my gosh, does anyone actually spend that much on coaching? If so, I can't believe it. I've never met anyone who spends that much. (laughs) And I know I'm being called for the next level. So I want you to really ask yourself, is it time to raise your prices, not just for you and for the sake of your company, but because you are being called to work with more committed clients. You are being called to work with people who really have stake in the game. You are being called to work with people who aren't messing around and they're ready to show the universe and themselves and everyone watching that they're really going to do this. Or maybe you're selling a product or course right now and you feel like it's super cheap it's not actually a reflection of the the caliber of the program. And you're feeling icky every time you try and sell it, not because it's too high, but because it's way too low and it's not in alignment with what you want to be offering in the world. Sometimes that's the case. So I want you to really evaluate your prices. And especially for the new year coming up, ask yourself, what sort of level do you want to be at? And also more importantly, what type of client do you want to be attracting and working with? Because something shifts, not only in you when you raise your prices, but in how you're seen, how you're viewed and the type of people that you attract. Number seven, this goes hand in hand, release clients who aren't ready. So when you raise your prices, ultimately that price point won't be right for everyone. And so there will be people who will drop off. And frankly, that's one of the reasons why most people stay stuck at a certain price point because they're scared of what's going to happen when they raise their prices. Are they no longer going to be able to serve their clients? Are their clients going to cancel the contracts, not want to work with them anymore? Are the products no longer going to sell? All of those things, of course, are going to come up in your mind. But I want you to really understand that you need to be in alignment with what it is that you're selling. If you feel that it's too low, or it's not in alignment for any other reason, then that energetically is going to come across. People might not know why they're not feeling called to purchase from you, You might not even know what's going on, but the energetics are there. So there's something that's not a match for them. So I want you to really think about those people who are ready for you, who you actually want to work with, what what price point are they willing to invest at, right? And those who aren't ready, they're going to drop off. And that's okay because you want to work with the best of the best. You want to work with those people who are ready to really go all in, And it's the same thing with any other person in your life, whether it's a friend or family member, as you rise to the top, other people might fall off. Those relationships might die off. They might not have been forever relationships and that's okay. We're not meant to have relationships with everyone in the world. You're also not meant to serve every single client in the world, 
Okay. So I want you to really think about your prices and then also think about if you're working with any clients who aren't really ready for what it is you have to offer. I know for me, I've made the mistake of wanting it more than my clients actually want it for themselves. And that is painful. That means you are left doing tons of heavy lifting. It's not fun for anyone. And frankly, the client doesn't learn how to stand on their own two feet because you're doing everything. And that client is also taking up a space in your life and in your company a space where someone else could come in and fill it. Someone who is really committed to the process and committed to getting results. Think about dating. So if you're dating the wrong person, then that means there's no space for the right person to come into your life. And you probably have blinders on. You're so focused on the wrong person that even if the right person ran right by you, you'd completely miss them. So look up look around, evaluate your clients, see what's going on within your company in terms of your pricing, and then make some decisions on behalf of the vision. This is a theme here, making decisions on behalf of the vision. Sometimes we're so stuck in the moment. Again, we all know being present in the moment is a good thing. And as a business owner, you need to look ahead at the future as well. So get clear on What is the vision for the future? And is this price point going to get you there? Are these clients going to get you there? Does it feel good? Are you happy? Are you in alignment? All those are key things to ask yourself. Number eight, don't make any assumptions. So this is kind of in alignment with plan for more expenses. (laughs) Don't assume that's going to be the only thing that you have to spend money on. So don't make any assumptions. So what happened for us when we were planning to move to the the US is that I assumed that our payment processor processor Stripe was going to just transfer to the US. I thought, okay, well, I'll just change the bank account on the back end. Right now it's attached to a UK bank account. All I need to do is just attach it to a US bank account. I made an assumption. What I quickly found out was that we had to set up a whole new account. And along with that, it meant that all of our clients in our monthly membership program had to re-sign up for the membership because we had to capture their information and create a new subscription within our new US Stripe account. Now, this is just one of the probably many examples that um, fall under this category of don't make assumptions when it when it uh, pertains to moving to the U.S. Because we made a lot of assumptions about things. The fact that our all of our stuff was going to arrive on time when actually it took four months instead of two right? That was a big one that our new apartment was going to work out. Well, we ended up moving to a different one. All these things that we assume are going to work out. And sometimes we don't know better because we haven't actually been through it yet, but that's where ask for help comes into play. Really think about, okay, so what am I doing here? What is the goal? And is there somebody else who has actually achieved that goal already who I can just touch base with and just ask for feedback? or pick their brain, or just make sure I'm not missing anything. I ask that all the time. So in the midst of planning our live event, I've reached out to so many people who have done this previously. I've hired people who have done this previously, previously, just to pick their brain and ask them, what should we be doing? What should we be expecting? What if this doesn't work out? Is there anything that you would have done differently? All these questions are so important. So again, I feel like I'm prepared for that next level. And again, we're not saying like bring every type of clothing for every season, (laughs) 
pile it all on. We're not saying that, but I want you to be aware of what's coming next for you. Don't make any assumptions and give yourself a bit of extra time. Again, it comes back to not making myself wrong for liking to move fast, but recognizing that I don't always have to move fast just because I can. I don't always have to skip over steps. I don't always have to have time be so tight. I can create stronger margins, bigger margins, and not make the assumptions that something is going to be a certain way. I can do my fact finding before I move forward with something. And, and a lot of times I should. All right. Number nine is go inward. So, so often, and just like on this podcast, you're hearing me talk about all my lessons. Some of it is strategic. Some of it is financial, all that jazz, but I want you to really go inward. And that's my lesson when my number, my number nine lesson, go inward. And what I mean by that is check in with yourself and what it is that you truly desire. I know for me, the live event that we are hosting in January That's a a true example of me going inward. There was no one telling me that I needed to do a certain strategy, that I needed to host a live event. Even in the very beginning when I hosted um, an event about, when was that? About eight months after starting our company, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was actually advised not to do it. But I had to go inward to really tune in with what I knew was meant for me and possible. And that's really where your magic is going to lie. That's where you're going to achieve more than you ever dreamed of in 2020 and beyond. If you actually tune in with what you know you are meant for, and you trust yourself above all else. I've heard some of the greatest mentors on the planet talk about how they don't actually follow anyone else. They don't actually use anyone else's strategy. They are really tuned in with what they, to what they know they're meant for, because that's the thing that sets them apart. So maybe right now you're being called to move to another country. Maybe right now you're being called to offer a new program or product. Maybe right now you're being called to start a business. And yet you hear this other little voice that says, you're crazy. You could never do it. What are you doing? Be safe. Stay in the box. All of that stuff. What will your your mom think? (laughs) I want you to really tune in and get brave. Go inward. Allow yourself to silence all of those naysayers, all of those voices that aren't actually yours and listen to your intuition and just start to trust and know that whatever you are meant to do is coming through and your job is to say yes, not how. We'll get to the how later on, but your job is to truly say yes. And the truth is, is like I said, your magic lies within. You are only the only you that's out there. And so whether there are other people doing what you want to do or not, if maybe there are other people who have similar brands or work with similar clients, that doesn't matter because you are you and you are unique and you're the only one who can do you like you. (laughs) And so you need to go inward. You need to start to trust. You need to tune in, take time to feel connected to your your soul and to really understand what's coming through and what you're being invited to do or to where you're being invited to go or who you're being invited to work with. Even this question of raising your prices, check in. What is that number for you? What number feels exciting? It should feel like a little bit of a stretch, but also really exciting and doable. That's your happy medium. Where are you being called to participate in terms of publicity or PR? Are you being called to write a book? When is the right time for that book? Are you being called to hire someone to support you? Who would that be? What role would they fill? Are you being pulled towards a certain mentor? There's a phrase that I love that's when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And so I don't believe that it's an accident. When you find that teacher who speaks to your heart, 
We got to understand how rare that is. Just like finding that true love or that partner in life. That's rare. Not everyone has that. Don't discount the partners and the, and the mentors who are coming your way or the friendships, the people. I don't believe that anything happens without a reason for it happening. Yes, some relationships are just for a season, some are for a lifetime, but there's always a reason for people crossing your path. And so don't discount it. Go inward, trust yourself, and that's going to take you so, so far. I truly believe that if you listen to number nine only from this episode, you will be doing so well and be going so much further than most people in this world. Because most people, even if they do go inward, they don't trust what they're being called for. So be that person who shows up differently. Be that person who trusts him or herself and really goes to that next level on behalf of your dream. And what I mean by that is a lot of people do have the calling, but they don't actually take the action. So you're going to go inward and then you're going to take that action and you're going to show up big time on behalf of what you know you're meant for. Only you know what you are meant for. No one else does. Do not forget that. If you have people telling you you're crazy, that you can't do it, that this is too big, it's too expensive, it's not possible, no one actually does that. I'm telling you right now, you got to evaluate whether those people, number one, are significant enough and worthy enough to continue to hold a space in your life. And number two, you need to get clear on what you you know you're meant for, because that's truly all that matters. And when you are clear, all those other voices will subside. So that's what I have for you today. The nine lessons from 2019. I hope you enjoyed this. I'd love for you to comment and just let us know what it is that really resonated with you. So we're obviously going to be sharing this everywhere. If you happen to see a post about this on social media, please comment, send me a DM. I'd love to know a little bit more about which of these lessons really resonated for you. If you know someone who needs this episode, also share it with them. I think this is a great starting point for people who are new to the community so they can see what it is we're all about. And of course, I want to save all of you a lot of time and energy when it comes to these experiences. Hopefully, some of my pain, some of my challenges, some of those moments where I literally wanted to throw the computer out the window, they will not only be um, for my benefit, but also for your benefit, because you will see what I have gone through and be able to either avoid it or go through it in a bit of a, an easier way. So I will look forward to talking to you on the next episode and see you in 2020. I hope you loved today's episode. You heard me talk a lot about I Heart My Life Live, our live event happening January 10th to 12th in San Diego, California. If you have yet to get your ticket, please get off the fence. This is gonna help you set yourself up for so much success in 2020. It's gonna be the most transformational days you have ever experienced. You're gonna meet an incredible community full of driven, inspired people who are ready to go to that next level and ready to support you in all that you do in 2020 and beyond. So go to iHeartMyLifeLive.com and we'll see you in San Diego. Thank you for listening to the I Heart My Life show. For more inspiration, success tips, and ways to achieve your life and business goals, definitely follow me on Facebook and Instagram on I Heart My Life Now. See you next time.